Hello darlings, welcome back, welcome back, yes, um, actually, let's reflect, oh, hold on a second, oh, let me take a, this, there's this tweet I want to take a picture of, I'll read it to you, it's about this little gem of a comedy video, is, which is two things, it's a duet with Glenn Kirshner, a singing parody of Lindsey Graham in Devil Went Down to Georgia. And working draft of some vocals I'm donating to Justice Matter's show. Hope Glenn likes it. Because Justice Matters. Okay, that's what it says. Hi there. Welcome back. And let's see. Donald Trump arranged in federal court. This is live. About halfway through, I might have touched. An indictment there in Fulton County by the district attorney, Fawny Willis. Um, I want to show you, we're going to go to Michael Popak in just a moment, about the updates that we have that are taking place inside the courthouse in Washington, D.C., where we are learning more information about the conditions that have now been placed. Uh, but first, let me show you what's taking place outside of the courthouse. And uh, this is what is going on outside the courthouse. You see a lot of people out there mocking Donald Trump, let's uh, play this clip. Jail! You gotta be held accountable. I can't go to jail. I'm all fluffy. Don't take advantage of me. You incited an uprising. No, it's okay. illegal. Okay, building my own jail in New York City somewhere. I don't want to go to jail. No. No. Stand here for a minute, Trump. No. I had to work in that video just the second time. It had no place being there. I just, I just, it just really made me laugh the first time. Popak, tell us uh, about the. Uh, <laughs> this I'm is the act I have to follow: the inflatable dolls, Donald Trump walking around in front of the courthouse. But that, you know what? You come for the legal analysis, but you stay for the inflatable dolls. So listen, Popak, what, have we, what have we learned? Here's the conditions of release uh, that were announced as Tom Windham, the lead trial lawyer for the, uh, for the uh, uh, government on this case, told the judge that the parties have agreed that as a condition of release, Trump must not, he must agree not to violate federal or state law, that's a standard condition, must appear in court as directed and must sign an appearance bond, meaning he won't have to post money, but he'll have to post an appearance bond. He must not communicate with anyone he knows to be a witness. That's a new condition. That's one they picked up from Mar-a-Lago and the magistrate judge down there when they arraigned him. And they hadn't originally asked for Donald Trump to have that condition, but now they're continuing with it here. Must not communicate with anyone he knows to be a witness. I'm sure we'll have some fine points on that later on, except through his lawyers or in the presence of his lawyers. Um, and they did not ask for any type of surrender of his passport or any other condition of release. But again, they did follow through and ask him not to make con demand that he not make contact with witnesses. And uh, the magistrate judge then warned Donald Trump. That's what federal judges in black robes get to do. They get to warn people before them about violating the conditions of the release. 
told him to listen carefully that if he failed to comply, a warrant may be issued for his arrest, the conditions of release may be revoked, and he may be held pending trial, pre-trial detention, would that be lovely, and receive a longer sentence. He could also be charged with contempt of court. She asked him if he, if he was prepared to comply with those conditions, conditions he had not really seen. I'm sure some of it was worked out before, but some of this is always just to sort of worked out on the way into the courtroom. He may have only seen it a minute or two before. She asked him if he complied with those conditions. He nodded and he said yes. He then had to sign the documents listing the conditions of the release. And as soon as they're on the electronic docket here on the Midas Touch Network, we'll pull it off and look for any other details that we've missed. Um, and he has to get sworn in again. You know, he was sworn under oath again on the conditions. She set a court date, uh, kind of a control date in the future when she wants to know how the party. I'm sharing on YouTube. And on Facebook, comedy. State in the future when she wants to know how the parties are doing. I'll, let's put a pit on that as we talk about Judge Tanya Chutkin and what she's going to do next. And and unless, she said this is the control date, unless the district judge, meaning Judge Chutkin, relieves him of that responsibility. So it's on the docket where, where this magistrate judge is holding the ring. The next step, though, would be, now that he's been arraigned and he gets to walk out, having been released from a, uh, arrest. Oh, shit. Just, uh... Oh, man. Okay, everyone set? Honey, I'll drop you off. Tyler, remember you have soccer practice after school. Kylie, you have dance. Now, should I get rear-ended after I drop you off Balls. or on my way to practice? I'm Joe Brown. You can't always plan for an accident. Fuck. Trump arrested. Devastating day of his life. 45 minutes ago. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Let's talk about the arraignment of Donald Trump earlier in the day where Judge Apadia, the magistrate judge presiding over the arraignment, was not going to allow Donald Trump to hijack her courtroom. She treated Donald Trump just like any other accused criminal who is being arraigned. She asked Donald Trump if he was on any drugs in the past 24 hours. She asked him to state his full name. He had to say Donald J. Trump. She then informed him that if you engage in any crimes while this case is pending, I will immediately make sure that you are remanded into custody and placed into prison. Also, Magistrate Judge Upadiah said that the first hearing uh, in this matter before the actual Article Three judge, Judge Chutkin, who will be presiding over the case. There's a federal judge, then the magistrate judge. The federal judge wanted a hearing held on August 28th, where a trial date will be set. Donald Trump's lawyers asked the magistrate judge to not have a speedy trial. That was requested by Trump's lawyer, John Lauro, in the courtroom. And again, magistrate judge Judge Upadiah was not having it. She said, five days, submit your brief. Five days, the government responds. We want this on an expedited schedule so that 
by the time this case goes before federal judge Tanya Chutkin on August 28th, that's when the next hearing will take place. A trial date will be set. These matters will be fully briefed. A brilliant move by the federal judge presiding over this case by coordinating with the magistrate judge, knowing that Trump was going to try to engage in delay tactics. They were prepared for it. Also, three major conditions placed on Donald Trump, in addition to the fact that the magistrate judge admonished him, commit another crime, you're going to jail right away. Here are the following conditions. Trump must not violate federal or state law. Trump must appear in court as directed and must sign an appearance bond. And Trump must not communicate with anyone he knows to be a witness, except through his lawyers or in the presence of his lawyers. Um, Donald Trump was sworn in and pled not guilty to all four criminal counts in Special Counsel Jack Smith's indictment. Special Counsel Jack Smith was in the courtroom. Trump was sitting very close to Special Counsel Jack Smith. Trump was described as despondent, sad, and very sweaty. Special Counsel Jack Smith was trying to stare at Donald Trump again. But Donald Trump, from what I've heard from reports, was kind of staring down, shrugging, and demonstrating how weak he is. Tom Windham, the prosecutor for the Department of Justice, who is representing the United States at this hearing. Let's talk about what went down before uh, this hearing. You had, of course, um, uh, Lena Haba out in front just spreading a bunch of nonsense for Donald Trump, although on one point, seemingly having an admission here, saying that everybody was aware that Donald Trump lost the election. Yeah, everybody was aware, and thank you for further incriminating Donald Trump here, but we all know the intent exists. But yes, Alina Haba, thank you for giving more evidence to Special Counsel Jack Smith here. Play this clip of Alina Haba. Number of, uh, there's testimony and there's a number of aides that have said that the president was made aware that he lost the election and yet continued to uh, argue that it, that it was stolen from him. How, how do you reconcile those two things? Well, I think that everybody was made aware that he lost the election, but that doesn't mean that that was the only advice he was given. As anybody understands what happens in the Oval Office, there are a numerous amount of advisors and politicians and lawyers, not just one or two, that are giving you advice and telling you what they believe is true. So he may not agree with Mike Pence. He may not agree with one of his lawyers, but that doesn't mean that there weren't other people advising He's him. He's wearing a exactly very low-cut purple <laughs> type uh, thing that's like cut up the sleeves, quite sexy. Yeah, show off, show off our body, try to distract us from our stupid words. And the president has a right, as every one of us do, to listen to several opinions and make their decision. In addition to that clip, Alina Haba, of course, was talking about Hunter Biden because that's what MAGA does. They have nothing else to talk about. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. Here, play this clip. On March 17th, Hunter accidentally admits that it was his laptop from hell. The next day... DA Alvin Bragg indicts President Trump. June 8th, an FBI document is released showing that the Ukrainians paid the Biden crime family millions and millions of dollars. The next day, the Mar-a-Lago raid and the Mar-a-Lago indictment. And then Helena Haba and all of the, you know, and the Trump people were handing out these pamphlets. This is like official pamphlets they were handing out with like a naked photo of Hunter Biden 
um, from when he was uh, addicted to drugs and Biden and just spreading more complete lies and disinformation. No need to highlight the disinfo, just want to show you what was taking place. Not many MAGA supporters out there at all as the MAGA Republican base continues to shrink and shrink and shrink. Although there was an inflatable Trump outside the courthouse mocking Donald Trump. This is what Donald Trump was greeted to when he arrived for the arraignment. Play this clip. Jail! You gotta be held accountable! I can't go to jail! I'm all fluffy! Don't take advantage of me! You incited an uprising. No! It's okay. illegal! Build me my own jail in New York City somewhere! I don't want to go to jail! No! Okay, stand here for a minute, Trump. No. Stand here for a minute. I can't go to jail. Yep, you're at the courthouse. I got pimples. <laughs> I can't go to jail. Nobody can. Heart health and staying healthy, especially when you have a family that you want to be able to spend as much time with as possible, is so, so important. We all have a heartfelt reason to support our blood pressure. In fact, more than half of the U.S. population would benefit from blood pressure support. Super Beats Heart Shoes are an easy and convenient way to support healthy blood pressure, and they promote heart-healthy energy. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in Super Beats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And with over 30,000 five-star reviews and counting, Super Beats Hard Shoes are having their moment. Super Beats Hard Shoes are incredibly delicious and so much better than any alternative supplements out there. I take my Super Beat Hard Shoes each morning and it's really kick-started my morning routine. After taking my Super Beats Hard Shoes, I feel like I have more energy and am ready to take on the day. Super Beats Hard Shoes are effective and clinically studied. They are the number one pharmacist recommended beat brand for cardiovascular health support. It's blood pressure support you can trust. Double your potential with Super Beats Heart Shoes. Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes and 15% off your first order by going to GetSuperBeats.com and use the promo code MIDAS. That's GetSuperBeats.com. E-E-T-S dot com and use the code Midas. And now, back to the show. And Midas Touch correspondent Brian Karam was on scene and he spoke to one of the MAGA cult members who was outside. And I just want you to watch how disturbing and frankly sad what the Republican Party has become. Here, play this clip. With the Fries app, you can always save big on your favorites with personalized coupons and deals so you can spend less and get more. Download the Fries app today and get savings designed with you in mind. Fries, fresh for everyone. What the Republican Party has become. Here, play this clip. So can I ask you a question? The... What happens? I mean, was he right about everything? No, my question is. Trump was right about everything. So, if he's, what if he's convicted? Would you still vote for him? Oh, absolutely. Convicted of what? Is there any of any of the seventy-eight charges that he's facing felonies? Would you still vote for him? If I took a piece, if I took a shit right here, well, and if I, I cut it up into seventy-eight pieces, what would I have? 
and act the same stupid piece of shit. It's irrelevant. So it doesn't it's matter. It's cut up into 78 different pieces. What if you personally witnessed him commit a crime and then he was convicted? Well, Would then you then happened? vote for him? Like if he... Uh, espionage. If he had Don Jr. working for a natural gas company... No, Ask us Trump supporters if they'll support this motherfucker from prison. <laughs> run for run for president from prison. Mega fascists, if they would still vote for Trump if he was running for president from prison. Ran for president from prison. Mega fascists. Diaper Donna. Diaper Don. Is there any, is there in, under any circumstance would you not vote for him, I guess? Well, no, absolutely not. This is a proven track record. He's a... president is an American hero is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the American political system. Donald Trump started posting rantings and ravings on his social media platform attacking the judge already that is right out of Donald Trump's playbook he wrote Biden and his family steal millions and millions of dollars including bribes from foreign countries and I'm headed to DC to be arrested for protesting a crooked election Unfair venue, unfair judge. We are a nation in decline, MAGA. So already Donald Trump just whining and whining. Here's another one that he posted. By the way, it's all projection and confession. It really is. Donald Trump's next post. He goes, the latest fake case brought by crooked Joe Biden and deranged Jack Smith will hopefully be moved to an impartial venue such as the politically unbiased nearby state of West Virginia. Impossible to get a fair trial in one. which is over 95% anti-Trump, and for which I have called for a federal takeover in order to bring our capital back to greatness. It is now a high crime embarrassment to our nation and indeed the world. This indictment is all about election interference. And for those wondering, why are the MAGA Republicans holding all of these hearings in the House of Representatives, trashing Washington, D.C., and 
talking about public urination and just making stuff up, it's for this reason. Officially. out so when there would be an indictment crew C R E W C R E W Tristafer Press Well, Trump could say unfair, unfair. Just so you know, D.C. Circuit Court precedent completely is against a venue change. There is no chance that this case is going to have a change of venue at all. Even Trump-appointed judges who have heard change of venue requests for January 6th insurrectionists have consistently denied it. Following the arraignment, Donald Trump gave this bizarre uh, speech, if you will, or whatever he did, this short statement to the press, and here is uh, what he said, again, just like attacking Washington, D.C. here, play this clip. <laughs> This is a very sad day for America, and it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C. and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Uh, when you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very much. This child needs to go. is staggering.
all trials in future must be public. The supporters need to know the extent of its criminality. It is staggering. There you have. So, folks, the next hearing, August 28th, Judge Chutkin is going to be presiding over that case, set, setting a trial date that day, coordinated with the magistrate. Uh, that Just so you know, Judge Chutkin, Obama she appointee, she's previously made a ruling in a case involving Donald Trump where Trump sued the January 6th committee. He was seeking an Trump trials must be public. Latest live streams. Get this free gift from TMU. Thanks for tuning in 20k. Shout out to KMP Studio Radio. Released from a, a arrest, a custodial arrest on these conditions and under these conditions. Then we'll see what Judge Chutkin does next in her orders because she's going to want to get everybody into the courtroom very, very quickly and set and talk about speedy trial, when the Sixth Amendment right to a speedy trial, when is the date going to be set, what is the necessity for additional time, she'll hear from both sides, and we will get to, uh, I don't think it's going to be this week, but next week, we could get, or the week after, we could get a trial date, and there's going to be now the new tug of war that we'll all have to watch here on the Mighty Touch Network, which is going to be the tug of war between John Loro saying, it's ridiculous, 70 or 90 days to try this case. They've been investigating for two and a half years. How could they possibly try them at a time? And the federal government saying, yeah, one defendant, four counts, three conspiracies, and six unindicted co-conspirators. We can try this case before the election. We have to try this case before the election because justice denied, is, yeah, justice delayed is justice denied. And Judge Chutkin, who's very good at all things one Jan of my 6, favorite having, having sentenced to the highest sentences possible, even above what the Department of Justice has asked for, other co-conspirators with Donald Trump is going to likely set this trial. If I had to make a prediction, I want to hear from you and Michael. She's going to set this trial on a trial docket. Of course, not in March when the uh, Manhattan DA is doing their case on Stormy Daniels, and not in May when Judge uh, Eileen Cannon is now set the date for Mar-a-Lago. But some other time during primary season and well before the election, there is going to be the Jan 6th omnibus trial of Donald Trump based on today's event and the ACLU. You know, special counsel... Let me I'll tell you a quick one. Uh, I believe, so you have March of 2024 is the Alvin Gray case. Uh, you have May of 2024 is the other uh, Jack Smith case. You know, any day now we're going to see another indictment coming down. That'll be from Fulton County, Georgia, with Bonnie Willis their district attorney there, we're going to see that. Who knows when the January 6th one will ultimately show itself. But I think that this case will be sometime, I really do, I believe that it will be um, sometime in June. Dragged out. 
the latest from July. Try to drag it out. You know, these rocket dockets are fantastic. <laughs> and they could, Moro can make whatever claims that he wants about the fairness and so on. And he'll look to try to make some motions, which will, of course, uh, in their mind, they're going to think it's going to delay the inevitable, but it won't, especially not uh, with this judge, especially not with the judge also that exists in the case uh, here in New York with uh, D.A. Alvin Bragg. We have no clue what's going to happen with the Eileen Cannon scenario. Would she give him additional time? Sure, she'll claim it's fair and reasonable. But then again, you know, that's what, 60, 90 day difference. So instead of uh, this new Jack Smith matter uh, coming in in July, uh, it'll come not third, but it'll come second. It, it's really all irrelevant at this time. It's just a matter of time before accountability ultimately smacks him right across the side of his head. And it's coming. Couldn't agree more with you. You know, Special Counsel Jack Smith could have filed hundreds of counts oh, yeah. in this indictment. And, and, and this is where... Special counsel Jack Smith is much smarter than me. And this is where I will admit error because I thought, you know what? He could charge Trump with money laundering and wire fraud and hundreds of counts. The issue, if he did that now, and by the way, he can still do that later. But if he did that now, then things would be delayed and delayed, especially if you charge complicated financial crimes. Oh, then that becomes one of these white collar forensic economist type stuff, you know, and then that takes years and years and years. So special counsel Jack Smith actually had to probably remove hundreds of charges that he knows Trump committed with the goal of getting this tried in 2024. And that is how precisely he sculpted this. And it must have been frustrating to him, right, because he knows about all these other crimes. Yeah, but ben, it doesn't that, mean he can't, uh, sorry. He doesn't mean he can't charge those crimes. The statute of limitations still yeah. exists, of course. Yeah. And you know who? And to, and to just to contrast it, Ben, because you you showed that clip of what's going on in Fulton County in Atlanta, um, as we also anticipate Fonnie Willis and hers. That stands in contrast to what Fonnie Willis has to do. Fonnie Willis has to bring everything right now. Giuliani, Trump. The fake electors that aren't cooperating, like uh, the head of the GOP there, you know, Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, even Mark Meadows, perhaps. She has to bring it now all in one big omnibus place and hope and then and then indict away. She's got one grand jury opportunity. Yes, she can go back, but she doesn't really have the same luxury that Jack Smith does, the way the federal grand juries work versus what Georgia has. She had her two years of investigation. She had her seven months of a special purpose grand jury and their report and recommendation, which we're going to see relatively soon based on some rulings by Judge McBurney. So when people say, oh, wow, look how surgical uh, Jack Smith was, right, but she has to be she has to load 50 pounds of potatoes into a 10-pound sack. You That's know, what her indictment is going to You look know what's really amazing here is, uh, as you were reading out the uh, release charging. When you attend one of the 10 Maricopa Community Colleges, you get more than just a world-class education. You get the opportunity to succeed, to find a career that takes you places, the opportunity for a better life.
five reasons why our dogs love farmer's dog in no particular order. Reason number one, the meals come pre-portioned, ready to serve. About the uh, release charging, that he's not permitted to meet or to speak with somebody who can be either a potential witness in this case or so, whether it's on his uh, behalf or, uh, you know, against him. Half the plane that's going to go back with him to New Jersey, <laughs> in my estimation, are those such people like Boris Epstein, who we now believe to be uh, co-conspirator number six. So let's just think about who we do know for fact. And I don't know whether or not it has been determined that Boris Epstein is number six. I know I've read it in a few places, but I don't know if it's confirmed like Rudy Giuliani, right, uh, Clark. Eastman, Sydney, the release the Kraken Powell. Then you have, uh, you know, a cheese, a cheese toes over there, or whatever the fuck his name is, right? Um, these are all lawyers and these are all people. How is he not going to be speaking with Kaludi, right, during this time period? Because, you know, they still reach out to him, they still speak to him. Um, especially, you know, you got guys, again, like Epstein, who's sitting at the table with him when he came in for the Manhattan DA's but, case. Hey, Why he's sitting there, I have no idea. He's never practiced criminal law. I always, wanted to, I always wanted to ask you, Michael, did you know Boris? Yes, of course. So you I know. met Boris early, early on in 2015, uh, very shortly after the announcement of the campaign. And yeah. Boris was very interested in being a part of it. Unfortunately, nobody really cared for him. Uh, and so I've always referred to him and I've done so even on uh, network television. He was like a dog, like a, a lap dog that Here, everywhere boy. you went, there was Boris by your ankles. And all he wanted, he'd come to him, he'd, you know, can you get me into, can you get me into the boss's office? Can you, can you take me in with you? And so on, you know, let him know that I'm doing this. And, you know, if I would do it, he, and Donald would say to him, you know, good job, good job. And then he would ask him some questions about, you know, where are you from, blah, blah, blah. And Boris would light up like a fucking candle. And he'd be so excited that Donald, you know, shined, you know, some light on him, gave him one moment of attention. Yeah. Now he must be like a pig in shit thinking, oh, my God, here I am. I'm Donald's go-to guy. Meanwhile, look what happens to all of Donald's go-to go guys. Go-to guy. We end up going to prison. Right. That's the go-to. That's the go-to part. You go straight. Yeah. You go straight to prison. Then, let me. I thought it was worthwhile. Um, I don't know if we can get a picture of it up on the palm card that they handed out. Walking up to the, uh, there it is. This this is really disgusting. Plus, it's very sad and, and pathetic. It's not sad because you know, but it just shows you they're out of gas intellectually. Um, this is what they. This is what the Trump campaign or the Trump people gave to reporters as he was heading in for arraignment today. On the left. You know, this ridiculous picture of Hunter Biden at his at his lowest point at the nadir of his life. And then and then our president and then comparing key points on a calendar. So at least they not operate a calendar, April, June, July and then whatever. And what they're trying to say is every time there was an event a, 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 a related to the House, which we know is just a puppet being manipulated with Donald Trump's hand. It's like it's like a, a perverse Muppet where they just stuck their hand directly up 
everybody in the house MAGA house's uh, backside to, to manipulate them. But every time there's a house event, they said, oh, and that's when there was an indictment from one of these activists. I love activists. You mean democratically elected? That's what these prosecutors are, every one of them. So in April of 2023, they say, and I'm not even sure these dates really line up this way, the House hears testimony about Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents. You mean the boxes left over from when he was vice president that ended up in a locked closet in his garage? And they're like, aha, that's when Donald Trump was indicted by Alvin Bragg. And then in June, the FBI releases documents alleging a $10 million bribe from Burisma. Again, a lie. There's no evidence to support this. It's just, a, it's just, but it's easy to type on a on a PowerPoint presentation, which is all this is. Same month, activist prosecutor Jack Smith indicts Donald Trump in Florida, July of 2023. Hunter Biden rejects the plea deal after blanket immunity offer revealed. Okay, so he rejected the plea deal, and then activist prosecutor Jack Smith adds more charges in the superseding indictment, and then July 31 to August 1. House hears testimony that Joe Biden lied about his business calls with Hunter. By the way, even the guy that they trotted out, the longtime business associate of Hunter, said that Joe Biden never talked shop, never talked business on any meeting or call he was even on. So even and, worst and, and, case and scenario. And Popak, here's the difference, though, between what we do here on Political Beatdown and on the Midas Touch Network versus what legacy media and what MAGA Republican Fox they do. Like, you can make a statement, but you got to back it up with evidence. And if you show me evidence, if you show me audio recordings and, and, and data, when the witness shows up and he goes, yes, I heard Biden when he was the vice president taking bribes. But a I'm wire transfer. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to be, yeah, well, I, yeah, I Biden, you know, or fake news. I'm going to be freaking pissed. Well, and I'm going to want see, Biden to be held accountable. Sure, ben, ben, look to see exactly what what has happened in the past. You know, it's the beautiful thing about history. Unfortunately, it tends to repeat itself, especially yeah. if you're part of this MAGA cult. What happens is they go ahead, they lie, whether it's Jimbo Jordan or Marjorie Toilet or Lauren Hobart or any of these other, Ted, you know, I'm off to Cancun cruise. They make a statement, they lie. We ask for documentation, finally, right? Show us the proof that you're talking about, like the whistleblowers yeah. and others that mysteriously disappear or documents that they claim that they have that are non, they, they're just non-existent. Well, now all of a sudden they have to go, well, you know, we have it, we have it. We're just not releasing it. How does something like that happen? You're not releasing it. That's not what we do here. It's not like, for example, what I've ever done when I used to do trials. It's not what I did when I stepped up and I spoke um, on television live, right, before the House uh, Oversight Committee or in any of the skiff hearings, the additional six other congressional hearings. Every single thing that I said, every answer that I gave was backed up by documentary evidence. I don't care whether you want to call me a liar. I don't care whether you believe me or not. Look for yourself. Here is a document that specifically states that the information that I am providing is accurate and correct. You cannot argue with documentary evidence. You cannot argue with um, you know, uh, yep. with other testimony, corroborating testimony.
That's the problem. These maggots refuse to provide any documentary evidence. All they have is their is their mouths. And what they do is they get one to lie, and then the other perpetuates and regurgitates the lie, and it goes on and on and on without any evidence to back it up. And let that me show you be, the evidence that based be sanctionable. Approach. And let me show you the, I, I agree, because if we lied like that in a court of law, we would be sanctioned and lose our license. Yet Jim Jordan, who's not a licensed lawyer, does this every day so that they can make pamphlets like that. Let me just give you some breaking news as I'm apparently now driving in a car, <laughs> virtual, real, <laughs> virtual reality style steering right now. Um, what we've learned, what we've learned, is that Trump lawyer John Lauro says that they are going to ask for the exclusion of the Speedy Trial Act in the Trump election case, where Trump was just arranged, arraigned, and the judge ordered that briefing take place in five days with the DOJ response within five days after that. So as I'm on the highway right now there, already the judge is expediting the briefing there. All right, Salty. That's, that's Chutkin? That, that's Chutkin? I believe so. I believe okay. so. Let's pull up the pamphlet right now, Salty, though, because I just want to show you an evidence-based approach. So this is what they are handing out right there. So let's just take one of them, the July 31st day. This says, House hears testimony that Joe Biden lied about his business calls with Hunter. Okay, well, let's, let me test that. Let me actually look at the deposition, okay? So this is the question that was asked to Hunter Biden's former business uh, associate, who, by the way, the former business associate is a convicted felon, having nothing to do with Hunter, a totally different deal that Hunter was not involved in at all. The question is, so based on your knowledge and experience, your relationship with Hunter Biden, your time on Burisma's board, and the entirety of your knowledge and experience, do you have any basis to disagree with the conclusion that, quote, Vice President Biden did not alter U.S. foreign policy to benefit his son, Hunter Biden. Answer, I have no basis to know if he altered. I have no basis to know if he altered any policy to benefit his son. So you have no knowledge? I have no knowledge. Sorry. So if you're pointing to this as your, as your whistleblower evidence of, of a home run, like, what are you talking about? Here's the other portion of the deposition testimony. Um, and by the way, great cross-examination here by Congress member Dan Golden. Question, do you have any basis to disagree with the conclusion that Hunter Biden's role did not influence U.S. foreign policy? Yeah, I, I have no basis. Do you have any basis to disagree with the conclusion that Vice President Biden carried out U.S. foreign policy in the interest of the United States? I have no basis to judge or to disagree with that or to disagree. You have no knowledge, nothing based on your knowledge that would contradict this conclusion. No. And they act like that's a home run evidence. All right, Salty, pull up the pamphlet again right now. Let's try to talk about, okay, what, what, what's another one? Um, FBI releases documents alleging 10 million bribe from Burisma or what? The IRS whistleblowers, right? The IRS whistleblower. Let's do the other one. Hunter Biden rejects a plea deal, right? These IRS whistleblowers are paraded in and they're saying, Oh, the DOJ was weaponized and we were complaining and we wanted them to go after Hunter Biden. That was during the Trump administration. The prosecutor's a Trump appointee, is a Republican. And what you're complaining about took place in April of 2020. 
Biden wasn't the president then. Facts matter. You can't just make up things. So let me show you these other. So you just saw the deposition testimony. These were the other fake whistleblowers that were just paraded into um, one of these committee hearings. And watch what happens when Democratic Congress member Raja Krishnamurthy of Harvard Law, here is what he did during his cross-examination of these fake whistleblowers. Play the clip. You were concerned about the complexities of the election cycle and potential delays that arose in connection with the election cycle. You said at page 23, and I remember there were always times where we were always on an impending election cycle. It was always the elections being brought up in early 2020. It was the presidential primaries. Now, sir, Joe Biden was not the president at that time either, was he? I mean, the answer to your question is no, he was not, but I don't see where you referenced it in my, tra- you know, for Page 23, you're talking about how the election cycle is delaying decisions by the prosecution, and it turns out that the delay in the election cycle was happening at a time when Joe Biden was not the president. I'm sorry, sir, that's in Special Agent Ziegler's transcript, that's why I couldn't find it. So, so Mr. Ziegler... And you shared concerns about delays related to the election cycle. But at that time, Joe Biden was not the president. I believe at that time he was the nominee for president. Well, he was not the president, was he? It's just a simple question, sir. Can you rephrase the what what time? Joe Biden was not the president in the presidential primaries in 2020. Correct. That is correct. Sir, finally, Mr. Shapley. You said that warrants were ready as soon as April 2020 to begin searching for records, but actions weren't taken with regard to those warrants. Again, Joe Biden was not the president in April 2020, was he? So I'm confused by your line of questioning. We're talking about an election to which uh, now President Biden was a part of. So he didn't have to be the president to have election meddling. No, but the question is this. Was he the president at that time, in April 2020? It's been asked and answered. And what's the answer, sir? The elect... The The answer is? Yes or no? Is no, that... Thank you. Thank uh, you. I wield back. The answer... Can you imagine, I mean, you got porky pigs and that's all, folks? No. The answer is no. Joe Biden was not the president. Could you imagine, this is how they have to double and triple talk and keep flubbering back and forth with the simplest of questions. A five-year-old, five-year-old would have known that at that period of time, Joe Biden was not the president of the United States. And these are the guys that they're calling in to be the witnesses. These are the guys that are going to blow the whole case wide open and show this Hunter Biden, Joe Biden relationship with foreign entities and taking of money. I mean, shame on, just shame on them. Disgraceful. And could you imagine that they work at the IRS on top of everything? It is shameful. You know, we're learning a lot about some of the personalities who are involved in this case. We've talked about John Lauro, Donald Trump's new lawyer, Todd Blanche, one of Trump's lawyers. On the DOJ side, uh, you heard Michael Popak mention the name Tom Windham. We can pull up a photo of Tom right here. 44 years old. He's been 
leading a lot of uh, special counsel Jack Smith's investigation, known as a quiet guy, humble, doesn't really speak to the press, just kind of a worksmanlike prosecutor. And you see the team that special counsel Jack Smith has developed. So Tom Wyndham was in that case, or is in this case during the arraignment today. Down in the Southern District of Florida, you have Jay Bratt, the top counterintelligence official at the DOJ. I think we've got a photo of Jay Bratt. Jay Bratt actually himself was the person who showed up to Mar-a-Lago back on June 3rd, 2022. And it was he and his team, when they met with Trump, they identified this surveillance footage that was in the area and immediately made the request. It was brilliant move by them when they caught that surveillance camera immediately asked for the footage and then that demonstrated that all of the lies that they were being told talk about the federal judge the arraignment was before a magistrate judge but the federal judge is judge tanya chutkin there's judge chutkin an obama appointee a law and order no nonsense judge she made one of the big rulings in the january 6th committee case back in 2021 ordering that Trump's executive privilege claim did not apply and turning over all those documents from the National Archives to the January 6th committee. And in her ruling back in 2021, she said, presidents are not kings and Donald Trump is not a president or is not the president. She put that in her order back in 2021 this is the judge who has been assigned to this case. And of course, what is Donald Trump doing like clockwork, uh, attacking Judge Chutkin right before he walked into the courthouse? He says, Biden and his family still steal mil millions and millions of dollars, including bribes from foreign countries. And I'm headed to D.C. to be arrested for protesting a crooked election, unfair venue, unfair judge. We are a nation in decline. Uh, MAGA. But you know what's one of the really smart things about special counsel Jack Smith, though, is that he knew that Donald Trump and the Republicans were going to make this free speech argument. He knew that they were going to say, oh, this, you know, all, all this issue here is that Donald Trump just was, he was saying things, you know, you can't chill his free speech. So special counsel Jack Smith just confronted the issue head on in the indictment, right? And he goes in paragraph three of the indictment. Jack Smith says, look, Donald Trump had a right, like every American, to speak publicly about the election and even to claim falsely that there had been outcome determinative fraud during the election and that he had won. He was also entitled to formally challenge the results of the election through lawful and appropriate means such as by seeking recounts or audits of the popular vote in states or filing lawsuits challenging ballots and procedures. Indeed, in many cases, the defendant did pursue these methods of contesting the election results. His efforts to change the outcome in any state through recounts, audits, or legal challenges were uniformly unsuccessful. Shortly after election day, the defendant also pursued unlawful means of discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results. In so doing, the defendant perpetrated three criminal conspiracies, and it goes into a conspiracy against the American people, conspiracy to obstruct the counting of the electoral votes, and a conspiracy against the right of Americans to vote. And so special counsel Jack Smith is even saying there, look, 
Donald Trump even has the right to lie. Donald Trump can lie. Donald Trump doesn't even have to tell the truth. You know, he has the First Amendment to do that, just like we have the First Amendment to criticize him for his conduct. But when you take those lies and then you subvert Americans' right to vote and try to change votes for Trump from Biden, when you try to stop the counting of the electoral vote, now your conduct is criminal. Cohen. So, you know, Ben, last night I was on CNN uh, with Alison Camrata, and she asked me a question which was responsive to Bill Barr's appearance with Caitlin Collins about an hour or so earlier. And I have a real issue, and the reason, of course, that I bring this up is because so far we haven't done the two-finger salute. And the two-finger salute goes to, once again, the bloviated asshole himself, Bill Barr. Okay? You get the fuck you today, Bill Barr. And I'm going to tell you why. Because this piece of shit is now sitting there going from, you know, news center to news center. And he's talking about Trump. Now, there he is right there. We have the sound. Uh, we yeah, have well, the sound as well. Yeah, let's, well let's hear This is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C. and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Uh, when you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very much. Cohen, I want to get your immediate response to that because I never want a statement like that just to be left unchecked. I mean, how many times have we heard the same line of horseshit? He's winning. He's leading. He's the winner. Biden is the loser. He won 2020, right? Uh, you know, uh, all of a sudden now D.C. is filth and walls. What wall is he talking about? You're talking about the wall that he didn't build? I mean, now there's graffiti everywhere. He didn't leave D.C. this way. What the fuck is he talking about? But I want to go back. Look, you can't even listen to this stupidity. It's the same talking points because he can't think. He can't think of what else to say. So you go back to the same old playbook, right? You know, denigrate the Bidens, denigrate Joe Biden, uh, you know, prop yourself up. I'm the leading candidate, which he is. All right. You're also charged with 78 counts so far and growing. You're the one whose ass just came out of a courtroom where you had to plead not guilty. And you know what's coming down the road. All right. You know that you're going to be charged with, you know, with guilt by, you know, by a jury of your peers. But then again, because he because he can't control the only place that he would want. Right. For the jury to come from would be from Moralardo, because these people are such sycophantic fools. So he thinks, you know, that West Virginia, it's a very you know, red area, so that maybe he'll be able to get at least one or two people on the jury that will end up, you know, voting against, say, you know, the charges, which, of course, would create a hung jury. And, of course, that's not going to stop them from proceeding. But 
at least it gives him a lifeline to get to where he wants to get, which is to the election. But I want to go back for a second to this whole thing with Bill Barr. So Bill Barr is speaking to Caitlin Collins yesterday, and he's talking about, I told Donald that you lost the election. Okay, fantastic. Maybe you could have come out and said this when Trump was still president. No, no, no. He now waits. He goes ahead and he waits until a long time thereafter, you know, almost three years later, for him to come out and to start to say this. What he needs to do is he needs to come clean on everything. When he talks about Donald will weaponize the Department of Justice against his, you know, his critics or his um, adversaries, his enemies list, so to speak. Obar came out and he said, I do believe that. I believe Donald will weaponize that. No, no, you piece of shit. You, on behalf of Donald Trump, in concert with Donald Trump, weaponized the Department of Justice to go against his critics in the past, namely including myself when I was unconstitutionally remanded back to prison. When your DOJ reached out to Jeffrey Berman, the head of the Southern District of New York, who had recused himself for whatever the reason might be in order to discuss my case, right? These are all things that should basically put your ass behind bars. And you do not get to go there and to, you know, and to prop yourself up so that you could be welcomed back into polite society by shitting on Donald Trump now. You come clean. You come clean and you tell the American people what Donald directed you to do and what you did. And then and only then will you be in a position as far as I'm concerned, right, to be welcomed back into polite society. Other than that, go fucking hide in some hole because you're a piece of shit, no different than that MAGA moron that was speaking to Brian Karen before. You know, you just wear a tie, and this idiot wears a MAGA hat. So to you, you watch fuck you, Bill. And, you know, to those people, uh, the comments, uh, obviously, you know, there's always... And, you know, we have our haters that are still here. Why they decide to join us, I'm actually happy that they are, because my hope is that some of them, one of them, will open up their ears and open up their eyes and see the reality of what's going on here. The truth of the, the, truth of the matter is, is that Trump, Bill Barr, and so many of these insiders that were there, part of the inner circle during the Trump administration, did things that... No other president in the history of this country, not only have they not done, they never wanted to do. Donald Trump tried to overturn our democracy for the sole purpose of retaining power. Something I said February of 2019, almost more than a year before it actually happened, when I said my biggest fear, knowing Donald the way I do, my biggest fear is that if Donald Trump loses the election in 2020, that there will never be a peaceful transfer of power. And since that day, look at all the things that he has done in order to prevent the peaceful transfer of power, which is the basis of our American democracy. And Bill Barr, you were a part of that, you piece of shit. So for that, you're getting it again. The two-finger fuck you salute. 
You know, whenever MAGA Republicans try to use their talking points, you know, one of the things I like to basically say, and we've said this before, when we go through the deposition testimony, we live in an evidence-based system. So when Special Counsel Jack Smith brings an indictment, the evidence is laid out. The documents, the audio, the video, it's not just words. He's not just saying, derange this, criminal, that. No, it's showing the documents. And so, like... I'll show you this clip. Uh, this was from, I think, last night on Hannity, where he asks James Comer and Jim Jordan. Both individuals are not lawyers. Um, Jim Jordan went to law school, never passed the bar exam. James Comer, uh, not a lawyer. Um, Jim Jordan covered up sexual abuse when he was a gym coach or wrestling coach. James Comer was accused of sexual abuse by his ex-girlfriend. It's kind of a commonality and a theme here. Two very unqualified, disgusting individuals who lead very important House committees, thanks to Kevin McCarthy. And just watch what they respond to when Hannity says, well, do you believe that Joe Biden is taking, do you believe it? And their response is not, we have evidence. Watch what they say. Play this clip. No, do you believe that this is now officially the Joe uh, Biden bribery allegation? And do you believe that you will be able to prove that? Jim Comer. I sure hope so. And I, I do believe that uh, there's a lot of smoke. And where there's smoke, there's fire. We, we just heard. Hey there. Welcome back. And um, Donald Trump arraignment. Next month, a big deposition. September 6th, you said? September 6th. September 6th, Donald Trump's lawyer just filed a motion for a protective order citing that Trump is afraid to have that deposition released publicly because of embarrassment and because of the criminal cases he is involved in. So he wants to keep the deposition that you're taking of him secret. Now you want that to be available to the brigaders, to the public. After all, as well as all the files, as well as all the documents that are being all requested the documents. by my he counsel. Filed, he filed the lawsuit against you. So what I want to understand is, from your perspective, what is your response to this protective order motion filed by Donald Trump? I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the indictment. And we're going to have a lot more information about the arraignment right after this quick break. Support for Midas is brought to you by Manscaped, who has the best in men's below-the-waist grooming products. That's right, their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code B at manscaped.com. Look, everyone knows that you have to be careful when dealing with the family jewels. You definitely don't want to use an old crust. Now put himself into a situation... Whereas the plaintiff, you are required to move the case forward to be deposed. You may remember, Brigaders, that and I said this in previous episodes, that Donald wanted to have the deposition 90 days post the election, which would be about 16, 17 months from now. Well, that's obviously not realistic, uh, nor was I going to permit that, nor was my counsel. And so, again... He is now required to sit for this recorded 
uh, and transcribed deposition on September 6th. And I promise you, my lawyer, Danya Perry and Benjamin Brodsky, they're already in the works. They're, they've already have in the works the, you know, the um, development of the questions that they intend to ask. It is going to be a incredibly, incredibly thorough, thorough, um, you know, deposition of Donald, which I, I promise you he doesn't want. And I promise that if I am permitted, I will be I will be releasing this information because, first of all, I think it m- most of it is going to be funny as shit. Right. I mean, listening to him trying to lie, uh, you know, his way out of, you know, um, out of an answer. But it also is going to demonstrate once again that I am providing accurate and truthful information that the one who is dishonest, the one who refuses to tell the truth on anything is Donald J. Trump, a guy who looks like he may be once again the presumptive Republican nominee. So and here's what he's putting in his so again, motion. To everybody who donated, I thank you from the bottom of my heart, and we will keep this thing going. Uh, if you can, please, as Ben said, I know there's a link there. Uh, beyond appreciate, I, you know, it is desperately needed. We need to keep this case going. It's all about the accountability. Absolutely is, and accountability means reading these filings, right? That's why we also created MidasTouch.com, because yes, on our YouTubes, I go through the filings, but obviously they're a finite length. So everybody go to MidasTouch.com, the new home of the Midas Touch Network's coverage. Of course, we have our YouTube. Nothing's changing with that. View MidasTouch.com as a complement to what we do here on YouTube. And already on our soft launch alone, it has gotten five to six times as many views as some of the large media network websites already. Thanks to you. We've got some great reporters and editors there. But look, when you look at the document itself, and specifically like page six of this protective order motion, that Donald Trump filed about why he wants to keep the deposition confidential in a case he sued you for $500 million. Here's what he says, page six. It says, plaintiff's ongoing, and he's the plaintiff in this case because he's suing you, Trump's ongoing criminal proceedings established a legitimate basis for the entry of a confidentiality order. And it says, the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination shields one asserting that privilege from being incriminated by his or her compelled testimonial communications. The protection applies equally to witnesses in a civil and criminal proceedings alike. Thus, a party protected by the privilege may rightfully refuse to answer unless and until he is protected, at least against the use of his compelled answers and evidence derived therefrom in any subsequent criminal case in which he is a defendant. He's suing you. He is suing you and then asserting the fifth in the case where he is suing you. That is an argument that they are making. This says Donald Trump is being arraigned right now in federal court. I want to call into our coverage, renowned legal scholar, another Michael. We've got Michael Popak here. Popak, you see these transitions. 
loud and noisy. Popak is in New York, I hear. You know, it's a real New Yorker uh, right there with Michael Cohen, a real New Yorker as well. So, Popak, your observations so far about what's gone on today in this uh, arraignment process. Yeah, well, we have reporting right now that the magistrate judge, Padaya, has asked Trump his name. He responded haltingly with, yes, your honor, Donald J. Trump, John just in case we didn't know what his middle name is. He said he was 77. She asked him if he was on drugs today. I think the emphasis there is on today. And he said he is not. So he's being treated like any other common criminal that's being arraigned in front of a magistrate with a couple, so of, interesting, couple of interesting twists. Judge Bosberg, whose courtroom is being used, chief judge who oversees all things grand jury, decided to make an appearance and watch... Uh, the magistrate judge do her arraignment, which is quite unusual. It just shows you the historic nature of the arraignment. The other weird people in the room is what is Evan Corcoran, who is a, uh, a lawyer in the Mar-a-Lago case, used to be formerly a lawyer in the Mar-a-Lago case, who has now testified uh, against Donald Trump, in effect, for the federal government and turned over 50 pages of copious notes. He's still there sitting and watching. Stephen Chung, that uh, uh, um, uh, the omniscient uh, spokesperson, <laughs> he's there ready, I guess, to crank out some pre-recorded message. They handed out some palm cards to the traveling press on their way in. It was just Hunter Biden on the left and, uh, and all of these, uh, you know, the DA in New York, the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, Letitia James, this one, that one. I mean, what does this have to do with anything? And it doesn't have anything to do with the arraignment today. Todd Blanche and John Lauro are sandwiching a very unhappy-looking Donald Trump. He's been, he's been reported as clenching and unclenching his hands, turning his head left and right and sideways, trying to stare down Jack Smith. Good luck on trying to win a stare contest with Jack Smith, I think he invented the game. It's like trying to beat, you know, uh, Tony uh, Chestnut at hot dog eating at Nathan's. Not happening. Uh, Blanche went over and greeted, because, you know, these are the cordial things you're supposed to do, the prosecution team represented by Tom Wyndham, J.P. Cooney, and Molly uh, Gaston, who are the main lawyers that are trying the case. They were ruffling through papers, getting ready for the arraignment. They looked up and said, okay, great, and went back to their papers. And, and then, you know, you just have this a newly appointed magistrate judge. She's got a long history in public service and doing pro bono work. Just, you know, chopping wood, doing her job, processing. And something new for the first time in any of the indictments or arraignments, Donald Trump was fingerprinted. It was digital fingerprinting, but he was fingerprinted. No mugshot yet. So uh, he can't be happy. And and, and Maggie Haberman, to, to, to end it on this, has been reporting today that those closest to Donald Trump, who seem to like to talk to Maggie Haberman of the New York Times on a regular basis, reported that this is the most despondent they have ever seen former guy, that he this indictment, which once and for all says he lost the election and he knows he lost the election, is is the one that's keeping him up at night. And look, he's got this, I don't know, he thinks it's the dream team. John Lauro, for me, has been too smart by half in every public appearance I've seen him make. He looks like just today's version of Joe Tacopina, slightly thinner version, but that's about it. And Todd Blanche, who, look, has had a relatively successful career. He's gotten, like, Paul Manafort off of some state crimes in the past. He's got a small practice here in New York with him and another guy. I get it. 
But you know, they're up against, and I've I've been there, and John and uh, Ben, you've been there, and, and Michael, you've been around it. When you're up against the federal government, the weight and awe-inspiring power, and you're on the other side of that, that asymmetrical warfare where they basically have everything at their disposal, including information and witnesses, and you don't have that. You know, it even even Donald Trump has to wake up out of that, out of his uh, having dinner with Fox News the other night when the indictment was um, unsealed. This is this is cold water on him. And every time he talks tough, including right up the courthouse steps when he's in the courtroom, to me, he is shrunken. He is down to size. He's about he looks about four foot tall. He's sweaty. Speaking of sweaty, last comment, Boris Epstein, once again, Makes another appearance striding along the parking lot on his way in. He is co-conspirator number six and likely could have his own. If he likes what's, what he's watching right now, the Justice Department will be happy to give him his own version. Absolutely. And this is breaking news that Trump just entered a not guilty plea that just took place. As we learn more, if there are going to now be conditions placed following the arraignment, uh, we will report on that. But Michael Cohen, back to you. You've heard some of the updates from Michael Popak there recounting everything that took place. So indeed, tr- the magistrate judge treating Donald Trump like he's no different than anyone else. Trump, despondent, uncomfortable, scared, sweaty. What's your response? Well, if they really wanted to treat him like everybody else, he wouldn't be walked into the courthouse one, two, three, they put him into a holding cell until the magistrate is ready for Donald to be brought in to read the arraignment uh, and for Donald's plea. I mean, that's the way that the average person would go through it. Donald, of course, is not the average person. Uh, So, you know, for the most part, yes, they are treating him as they would treat anyone. But I go back to what I had said before, I don't believe that there should be any deviation at all in terms of uh, how he is being treated today. He should not be treated any differently than if it was you, certainly when it was me, or if it was Hope. Um, you know, it's it's just not, it's not right. Uh, we have one set of laws for all of us, as we like to say, uh, as Democrats, no one is above the law. And Donald should be treated accordingly so. Now, is Donald Trump nervous? Fuck yeah. Okay, let me be very clear again. He is a texting tough guy. This is the guy who will go on his truth social and he will say things deranged. Jack Smith, you know, he will call uh, Alvin Bragg, Tish James, you know, racists. He uses all of these wonderful adjectives. Again, all deflection. It means absolutely nothing. It means nothing to anyone other than Donald, who feels like he's getting something off of his chest. And it means something to his supporters. He has riled up his support base literally since the announcement of this indictment. Now, I had told you that, you know, I still receive these emails from the Trump campaign uh, that come to, you know, my myself. And if I haven't received a hundred of these requests, dear patriot, dear American, uh, whether it's coming from Donald, whether it's coming from Don Jr., from Eric, from this, it makes no difference. They just keep coming 
every 30 seconds, every 60 seconds, you're receiving another text, another, another request for more and more money. Now, this is turning out to be the greatest grift of all. I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling how they have set up this grift and the fact that there are so many people that are still making these small dollar donations, you know, to, uh, to Donald, especially after you read the indictment. And again, I'm presuming that any of them have read the indictment. The fact is, what they do is they listen to Donald's bullshit. They listen to, like, Laura Trump sit there and talk about how this is, you know, the worst day in American history. Yeah, I'm not really sure I agree with that one, Lara. Uh, you start to listen to some of the other folks like Jim Jordan, you know, that want to go out there or Marjorie Toilet Green and they want to they, they defend Donald's actions, read the indictment and then turn around and say, what's more important to you? Is the is America's democracy and the future of our country more important to you? than your support for Donald Trump, a man who is trying to basically destroy our Constitution, to rewrite our Constitution, to destroy democracy, create an autocracy with him as the leader? Could you imagine? Should be a very simple answer. Absolutely. And so while Donald Trump is being arraigned and now has been arraigned in a federal courthouse in Washington, D.C., in Fulton County, we are now learning that the main road around the Fulton County courthouse in Atlanta, Georgia, is set to close to general traffic starting Monday morning, the Fulton County Sheriff's Office announced. Uh, just moments ago, we expect there to be an indictment there in Fulton County by the district attorney, Bonnie Willis. Um, I want to show you, we're going to go to Michael Popak in just a moment about the updates that we have that are taking place inside the courthouse in Washington, D.C., where we are learning more information about the conditions that have now been placed. Um, but first, let me show you what's taking place outside of the courthouse. And uh, this is what is going on outside the courthouse. You see a lot of people out there mocking Donald Trump. Let's uh, play this clip. Yeah! You gotta be held accountable. I can't go to jail. I'm all funky. Don't take advantage of me. You incited an uprising. No, it's okay. Build me my own jail in New York City somewhere. I don't want to go to jail. No! I can't go to jail. Yep, you're at the courthouse. I got pimples. I can't go to jail. Nobody did. I had to work in that video just the second time. It had no place being there. I just, I just, it just really made me laugh the first time. Popak, tell us about the. This is the act I have to follow, the inflatable dolls Donald Trump walking around in front of the courthouse. For that, you know what? You come for the legal analysis, but you stay for the inflatable dolls. So listen. What have we learned? Here's the conditions of release uh, that were announced as Tom Windham, the lead trial lawyer for the, uh, for the uh, uh, government on this case, told the judge that the parties have agreed that as a condition of release, Trump must not 
He must agree not to violate federal or state law. That's a standard condition. Must appear in court as directed and must sign an appearance bond, meaning he won't have to post money, but he'll have to post an appearance bond. He must not communicate with anyone he knows to be a witness. That's a new condition. That's one they picked up from Mar-a-Lago and the magistrate judge down there when they arraigned him. They hadn't originally asked for Donald Trump to have that condition, but now they're continuing with it here. Must not communicate with anyone he knows to be a witness. I'm sure we'll have some fine points on that later on, except through his lawyers or in the presence of his lawyers. Um, and they did not ask for any type of surrender of his passport or any other condition of release. But again, they did follow through and ask him not to make demand that he not make contact with witnesses. And uh, the magistrate judge then warned Donald Trump. That's what federal judges in black robes get to do. They get to warn people before them about violating the conditions of the release, told him to listen carefully, that if he failed to comply, a warrant may be issued for his arrest. The conditions of release may be revoked and he may be held pending trial, pre-trial detention, would that be lovely, and receive a longer sentence. He could also be charged with contempt of court. She asked him if he, if he was prepared to comply with those conditions, conditions he had not really seen. I'm sure some of it was worked out before, but some of this is hallway justice sort of worked out on the way into the courtroom. He may have only seen it a minute or two before. She asked him if he complied with those conditions. He nodded and he said yes. He then had to sign the documents listing the conditions of the release. And as soon as they're on the electronic docket here on the Midas Touch Network, we'll pull it off and look for any other details that we've missed. Um, and he has to get sworn in again. You know, he was sworn under oath again on the conditions. She set a court date, uh, kind of a controlled date in the future when she wants to know how the parties are doing. Uh, let's put a pin on that as we talk about Judge Tanya Chutkin and what she's going to do next. And, and unless, she said, this is the control date, unless the district judge, meaning Judge Chutkin, relieves him of that responsibility. So it's on the docket where, where this magistrate judge is holding the ring. The next step, though, would be, now that he's been arraigned and he gets to walk out, having been released from arrest, custodial arrest, on these conditions and under these conditions, then we'll see what Judge Chutkin does next in her orders, because she's going to want to get everybody into the courtroom very, very quickly and set and talk about speedy trial. When the Sixth Amendment right to a speedy trial, when is the date going to be set? What is the necessity for additional time? She'll hear from both sides. And we will get soon. Uh, I don't think it's going to be this week, but next week we could get or the week after we could get a trial date. And there's going to be now the new tug of war that we'll all have to watch here on the Midas Touch Network, which is going to be the tug of war between John Loro saying it's ridiculous 70 or 90 days to try this case. They've been investigating for two and a half years. How could they possibly try it in that amount of time? And the federal government saying, yeah, it's one defendant, four counts, three conspiracies and six unindicted co-conspirators. We can try this case before the election. We have to try this case before the election. Because justice denied is uh, justice delayed is justice denied, and yeah. Judge Chutkin, who's very good at all things Jan sixth, having having sentenced to the highest sentences possible, even above what the Department of Justice has asked for, other co-conspirators for Donald Trump is going to likely set this trial. If I had to make a prediction, I want to hear from you and Michael. She's going to set this trial on a trial docket. Of course, not in March when the. And Manhattan DA is doing their case on Stormy Daniels and not in May when Judge 
Eileen Cannon has now set the date for Mar-a-Lago. But some other time during primary season and well before the election, there is going to be the Jan 6th omnibus trial of Donald Trump based on today's arraignment and the unsealing of the indictment. You know, special yeah, you know, it's counsel funny because I, I'll tell you, Pope, uh, I believe, so you have March of 2024 is the Alvin Bray case. Um, you have May of 2024 is the other uh, Jack Smith case. You know, any day now we're going to see another indictment coming down. That'll be from Fulton County, Georgia, from Fonnie Willis, uh, their district attorney there. We're going to see that. Who knows when the January 6th one will ultimately show itself. But I think that this case will be sometime. I really do. I believe that it'll be um, sometime in June. The latest will be July of 2024. You know, these rocket dockets are fantastic. And they could, Laurel can make whatever claims that he wants about the fairness and so on. And he'll look to try to make some motions, which will, of course, uh, in their mind, they're going to think it's going to delay the inevitable, but it won't, especially not uh, with this judge, especially not with the judge also that exists in the case uh, here in New York with uh, D.A. Alvin Bragg. We have no clue what's going to happen with the Eileen Cannon scenario. Would she give him additional time? Sure, she'll claim it's fair and reasonable. But then again, you know, that's what, 60, 90 day difference. So instead of uh, this new Jack Smith matter uh, coming in in July, uh, it'll come not third, but it'll come second. It, it's really all irrelevant at this time. It's just a matter of time before accountability ultimately smacks him right across the side of his head, and it's coming. Couldn't agree more with you. You know, Special Counsel Jack Smith could have filed hundreds of counts oh, yeah. in this indictment. And, and, and this is where Special Counsel Jack Smith is much smarter than me. And this is where I will admit error, because I thought, you know what? He could charge Trump with money laundering and wire fraud and hundreds of counts. The issue... If he did that now, and by the way, he can still do that later, but if he did that now, then things would be delayed and delayed, especially if you charge complicated financial crimes. Oh, then that becomes one of these white collar forensic economists type stuff, you know, and then that takes years and years and years. So special counsel Jack Smith actually had to probably remove hundreds of charges that he knows Trump committed with the goal of getting this tried in 2024. And that is how precisely he sculpted this. And it must have been frustrating to him, right? Because he knows about all these other crimes. Yeah, but ben, it doesn't that, mean uh, he can't, sorry. He doesn't mean he can't charge those crimes. The statute of limitations still exists, of course. Yeah. And you know who, and, to, and to, just to contrast the things, you, you showed that clip of what's going on in Fulton County in Atlanta. Um, as we also anticipate Fawny Willis and hers, that stands in contrast to what Fawny Willis has to do. Fawny Willis has to bring everything right now. Giuliani, Trump, the fake electors that aren't cooperating, like uh, the head of the GOP there, you know, Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, even Mark Meadows, perhaps. She has to bring it now, all in one big omnibus place. Shit. 
and hope and then and then indict away. She's got one grand jury opportunity. Yes, she can go back, but she doesn't really have the same luxury that Jack Smith does the way the federal grand juries work versus what Georgia has. She had her two years of investigation. She had her seven months of a special purpose grand jury and their report and recommendation, which we're going to see relatively soon based on some rulings by Judge McBurney. So when people say, oh, wow, look how surgical uh, Jack Smith was, right, but she has to be, she has to load 50 pounds of potatoes into a 10-pound sack. You, that's what her indictment is going to You know what's really amazing here is, uh, as you were reading out the uh, release charging, that he's not permitted to meet or to speak with somebody who can be either a potential witness in this case or so, whether it's on his um, behalf or, uh, you know, against him. Half the plane that's going to go back with him to New Jersey, <laughs> in my estimation, are those such people like Boris Epstein, who we now believe to be uh, co-conspirator number six. So let's just think about who we do know for fact. And I don't know whether or not it has been determined that Boris Epstein is number six. I know I've read it in a few places, but I don't know if it's confirmed like Rudy Giuliani, right? Uh, Clark Eastman, Sydney, the release the Kraken Powell. Then you have her, uh, you know, a cheese, a cheese toes over there. Or whatever the fuck his name is, right? Um, these are all lawyers and these are all people. How is he not going to be speaking with Kaludi, right, during this time period because, you know, they still reach out to him, they still speak to him. Um, especially, you know, you got guys, again, like Epstein, who's sitting at the table with him when he came in for the Manhattan DA's case. Hey, Why he's sitting there, I have no idea. He's never practiced criminal law. I always, wanted to, I always wanted to ask you, Michael, did you know Boris? Yes, of course. So you I know. met Boris early, early on in 2015, uh, very shortly after the announcement of the campaign. And yeah. Boris was very interested in being a part of it. Unfortunately, nobody really cared for him. Uh, and so I've always referred to him, and I've done so even on uh, network television. He was like a dog, like a, a lap dog, that hey, everywhere boy. you went, there was Boris by your ankles. And all he wanted, he'd come to him, he'd go, you know, can you get me into, can you get me into the boss's office? Can you can you take me in with you? And so on. You know, let him know that I'm doing this. And you know, if I would do it, he, and Donald would say to him, you know, good job, good job. And then he would ask him some questions about, you know, where are you from, blah, blah, blah. And Boris would done? light up like a fucking candle. And he'd be so excited that Donald, you know, shined, you know, some light on him, gave him one moment of attention. Yeah. Now he must be like a pig in shit thinking, oh, my God, here I am. I'm Donald's go-to guy. Meanwhile, look what happens to all of Donald's go-to go guys. We end up <laughs> go-to prison. <laughs> that's the go-to. That's the go-to part. He goes straight. He goes straight to prison. Then, let me. I thought it was worthwhile. Um, I don't know if we can get a picture of it up on the palm card that they handed out, walking up to the. Uh, there it is. This this is really disgusting. Plus, it's very sad and, and pathetic. It's not sad because you know, but it just shows you they're out of gas intellectually. Um, this is what they. This is what the Trump campaign or the Trump people gave to reporters as he was heading in for arraignment today. On the left. You know, this ridiculous picture of Hunter Biden at his at his lowest point, at the nadir of his life. And then 
and then our president, and then comparing key points on a calendar, so at least they not operate a calendar, April, June, July, and then whatever. And what they're trying to say is every time there was an event a, 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 a related to the House, which we know is just a puppet being manipulated with Donald Trump's hand, it's like, it's like a, a perverse Muppet where they just stuck their hand directly up everybody in the House, MAGA House's uh, backside to, to manipulate them. But every time there's a House event, they said, oh, and that's when there was an indictment from one of these activists. I love activists. You mean democratically elected? That's what these prosecutors are, every one of them. So in April of 2023, they say, and I'm not even sure these dates really line up this way, the House hears testimony about Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents. You mean the boxes left over from when he was vice president? that ended up in a locked closet in his garage. And they're like, aha, that's when Donald Trump was indicted by Alvin Bragg. And then in June, the FBI releases documents alleging a $10 million bribe from Burisma. Again, a lie. There's no evidence to support this. It's just, a, it's just but it's easy to type on a, on a PowerPoint presentation, which is all this is. Same month, activist prosecutor Jack Smith indicts Donald Trump in Florida. July of 2023, Hunter Biden rejects the plea deal after blanket immunity offer revealed. Okay, so he rejected the plea deal. And then activist prosecutor Jack Smith adds more charges in a superseding indictment. And then July 31 to August 1, House hears testimony that Joe Biden lied about his business calls with Hunter. By the way, even the guy that they trotted out, the longtime business associate of Hunter, said that Joe Biden never talked shop, never talked business on any meeting or call he was even on. So even and, worst and, and, case and scenario. And Popak, here's the difference, though, between what we do here on Political Beatdown and on the Midas Touch Network versus what legacy media and what MAGA Republican Fox they do. Like, you can make a statement, but you got to back it up with evidence. And if you show me evidence, if you show me audio recordings and, and, and data, when the witness shows up and he goes, yes, I heard Biden when he was the vice president taking bribes. A I'm, wire not transfer. Gonna, I'm not going to be, yeah, well, I, yeah, I Biden, you. you know, or fake news. I'm going to be freaking pissed. And I'm going to want see, Biden to be held accountable. Sure, then, then look to see exactly what what has happened in the past. You know, it's the beautiful thing about history. Unfortunately, it tends to repeat itself, especially if you're part of this MAGA cult. What happens is they go ahead, they lie, whether it's Jimbo Jordan or Marjorie Toilet or Lauren Holbert or any of these other, Ted, you know, I'm off to Cancun cruise. They make a statement, they lie. We ask for documentation, finally, right? Show us the proof that you're talking about, like the whistleblowers and others that mysteriously disappear or documents that they claim that they have that are non, they, they're just non-existent. Well, now all of a sudden they have to go, well, you know, we have it, we have it. We're just not releasing it. How does something like that happen? You're not releasing it. That's not what we do here. It's not like, for example, what I've ever done when I used to do trials. It's not what I did when I stepped up and I spoke um, on television live, right, before the House uh, Oversight Committee or in any of the skip hearings, the additional six other congressional hearings. Every single thing that I said, every answer that I gave, was backed up by documentary evidence. I don't care whether you want to call me a liar. 
I don't care whether you believe me or not. Look for yourself. Here is a document that specifically states that the information that I am providing is accurate and correct. You cannot argue with documentary evidence. You cannot argue with, um, you know, uh, yep. with other testimony, corroborating testimony. That's the problem. These maggots refuse to provide any documentary evidence. All they have is their is their mouths. And what they do is they get one to lie, and then the other perpetuates and regurgitates the lie, and it goes on and on and on without any evidence to back it up. And let me show you be, the evidence-based And let me show you the, I, I agree, because if we lied like that in a court of law, we would be sanctioned and lose our license. Yet Jim Jordan, who's not a licensed lawyer, does this every day so that they can make pamphlets like that. Let me just give you some breaking news as I'm apparently now driving in a car, <laughs> virtual, real <laughs> virtual reality style steering right now. Um, what, we've learned, what we've learned is that Trump lawyer John Lauro says that they are going to ask for the exclusion of the Speedy Trial Act in the Trump election case where Trump was just arraigned arraigned and the judge ordered that briefing take place in five days with the doj response within five days after that so as i'm on the highway right now there already the judge is expediting the briefing there all right that's, so that's chucking that, that's chucking I believe so. I believe so. Let's pull up the pamphlet right now, Salty, though, because I just want to show you an evidence-based approach. So this is what they are handing out right there. So let's just take one of them, the July 31st date. It says, House hears testimony that Joe Biden lied about his business calls with Hunter. Okay, well, let's, let me test that. Let me actually look at the deposition, okay? So this is the question that was asked to Hunter Biden's former business uh, associate, who, by the way, the former business associate is a convicted felon, having nothing to do with Hunter, a totally different deal that Hunter was not involved in at all. The question is, so based on your knowledge and experience, your relationship with Hunter Biden, your time on Burisma's board, and the entirety of your knowledge and experience, do you have any basis to disagree with the conclusion that, quote, Vice President Biden did not alter U.S. foreign policy to benefit his son, Hunter Biden. Answer, I have no basis to know if he altered. I have no basis to know if he altered any policy to benefit his son. So you have no knowledge? I have no knowledge. Sorry. So if you're pointing to this as your, as your whistleblower evidence of, of a home run, like, what are you talking about? Here's the other portion of the deposition. The um, and by the way, great cross-examination Congressmember Dan Goldberg. Question, do you have any basis to disagree with the conclusion that Hunter Biden's role did not influence U.S. foreign policy? Yeah, I, I have no basis. Do you have any basis to disagree with the conclusion that Vice President Biden carried out U.S. foreign policy in the interest of the United States? I have no basis to judge or to disagree with that or to disagree. You have no knowledge, nothing based on your knowledge that would contradict this conclusion. No. And they act like that's a home run evidence. All right, Salty, <laughs> pull up the pamphlet again right now. Let's try to talk about, okay, what, what, what's another one? 
Um, FBI releases documents alleging 10 million bribe from Burisma or what the IRS whistleblowers, right? The IRS whistleblowers. Let's do the other one. Hunter Biden rejects a plea deal, right? These IRS whistleblowers are paraded in and they're saying, oh, the DOJ was weaponized and we were complaining and we wanted them to go after Hunter Biden. That was during the Trump administration. The prosecutor's a Trump appointee, is a Republican. And what you're complaining about took place in April of 2020. Biden wasn't the president then. Facts matter. You can't just make up things. So let me show you these others. So you just saw the deposition testimony. These were the other fake whistleblowers that were just paraded into um, one of these committee hearings. And watch what happens when Democratic Congress member Raja Krishnamurthy of Harvard Law, here is what he did during his cross-examination of these fake whistleblowers. Play the clip. You were concerned about the complexities of the election cycle and potential delays that arose in connection with the election cycle. You said at page 23, and I remember there were always times where we were always on an impending election cycle. It was always the elections being brought up. i happy that they are because my hope is that some of them, one of them, will open up their ears and open up their eyes and see the reality of what's going on here. The truth of the, the, truth of the matter is, is that Trump, Bill Barr, and so many of these insiders that were there, part of the inner circle during the Trump administration did things that no other president in the history of this country, not only have they not done, they never wanted to do. Donald Trump tried to overturn our democracy for the sole purpose of retaining power. Something I said February of 2019, almost more than a year before it actually happened when I said my biggest fear, knowing Donald the way I do, my biggest fear is that if Donald Trump loses the election in 2020, that there will never be a peaceful transfer of power. And since that day, look at all the things that he has done in order to prevent the peaceful transfer of power, which is the basis of our American democracy. And Bill Barr, you were a part of that, you piece of shit. So for that, you're getting it again. The two finger fuck you salute. So whenever MAGA Republicans <laughs> try to use their talking points, you know, one of the things I like to basically say, and we've said this before, when we go through the deposition testimony, we live in an evidence-based system. So when Special Counsel Jack Smith brings an indictment, the evidence is laid out. The documents, the audio, the video, it's not just words, he's not just saying, derange this, criminal, that, you know, it's showing the documents. And so, like, I'll show you this clip, uh, this is from, I think, last night on Hannity, where he asks James Comer and Jim Jordan, both individuals are not lawyers. Um, Jim Jordan went to law school, never passed the bar exam. James Comer, uh, not a lawyer. Um, Jim Jordan covered up sexual abuse when he was a gym coach or wrestling coach. James Comer was accused of sexual abuse by his ex-girlfriend. It's kind of a commonality and a theme here. Two very unqualified, disgusting individuals who lead very important House committees, thanks to Kevin McCarthy. And just watch what they respond to when Hannity says, well, do you believe that Joe Biden is taking, do you believe it? And their response is not, we have evidence. 
Watch what they say. Play this clip. Now, do you believe that this is now officially the Joe uh, Biden bribery allegation? And do you believe that you will be able to prove that? Jim Comer. I sure hope so. <laughs> and I, I do believe that uh, there's a lot of smoke. I sure hope so. smoke, there's fire. We, we just heard testimony Whether today smoke, that Joe Biden lied to the American people. Jim. Could you imagine Special Counsel Jack Smith? We'll pull up that press conference in a moment that Jack Smith gave. Could you imagine if Jack Smith said, Well, folks, I hope so. I, I, I certainly hope there's, there's a, there sure is a lot of smoke here. A lot of smoke. What are you? That is the antithesis of what our system is. <laughs> if you've got audio recordings, show it. If you've got documents, show it. If you've got whistleblowers, put them on. Take their testimony. If you've got things, I want to see the data so I can have a constructive, evidence-based conversation. Just think, I hope so? I mean, these are moronic people. I hope so? Wait, there's smoke, there's fire, and so, I mean, you know, talk about a cliche that actually has no relevance here. When you when you have a legal case, could you imagine, right, um, standing before a jury in this specific case, the the documents case, and all of a sudden you say, "Where there's smoke, there's fire." Okay, now what? How are you proving your case? You need to take out all of the documentary evidence. You need to put it up onto the screen. You need to show it. You need to walk the jury, right, the jurors, down the golden you know, path all the way to the wizard, right? And you have to do that each and every brick. You are laying a foundation of evidence that they will then go back and deliberate on in order to come back with a finding of guilt. It's plain and simple. Now, that evidence could be in the form of documents. It could be in you know, emails, texts. It could be in recordings. It could be in testimony from others that have first-hand knowledge. All right? And what these two idiots are doing with Sean Hannity, who seriously, is, is just a fucking disgrace. It's like the same bullshit like with Geraldo yesterday. You know, came on uh, Allison's show on CNN directly after me. Well, my, Michael doesn't have any credibility so we can't you know listen to him and the bill bar has shit who's bounced around from place to place to place to place this guy changes his position conservative progressive independent liberal he goes from place to place wherever the dollar comes from i mean basically he retired he should stay in retirement and not fuck up whatever career or whatever you know people think of him in his and his you know past reporting it is so stupid when he says well michael cohen has no credibility really why don't you tell me what what it is that would refute my credibility oh about oh well you lied to congress yeah and you know who was involved in that lie your buddy or your pretend buddy donald ivanka jared ty cobb right abby lowell and a whole bunch of people yeah i am the idiot who admitted it 
as part of the um, as you know part of my submission. I'm the idiot who read it. Many people had their hands in the production of it. And to those brigaders that do not know what the lie was that I told um, Congress, the lie was the number of times that I stated that I spoke to Donald Trump about the failed Trump Tower Moscow real estate project. I stated three when the true answer was 10. That's the lie. So if Geraldo thinks that that's going to be enough within which to knock me out as either a witness in the upcoming Bragg case or with the AG, if I get called or if my testimony of anything that I say, be it on television, in the press or here with you guys, I have a, I have a hard time believing that anything that I say, which everything is provable, again, through evidence, through documentary evidence or others' testimony, is going to be refuted. It's just another stupid Republican talking point, one that I listened to for over four hours during that testimony before the House Oversight Committee, when each and every one of these Republicans wanted to attack me based on credibility, based upon uh, you know, my, my, my plea, and so on. Um, the truth is out. I spell it out in great detail in the book Revenge. So anybody that does not know, I ask you, just go to Amazon, buy the book, you know, read it so that you understand. And if, you know, some, there are a couple of comments that I see that come through. Oh, you seem so angry. You seem so angry. I am angry. I'm going to tell you why I'm angry. I'm not angry about me. I'm not angry about the station that I have put myself and my family through. All right. I'm saddened by that, but my anger is watching again Donald Trump get this escort to and from the airport in his 757 flying in like he's some celebrity when he's nothing more than a common petty thief and a crook and a guy who's trying to destroy our democracy. And then you have idiots like Bill Barr and Geraldo that want to stand there and in a weird way stand up for them. And then you have even bigger idiots like Jimbo Jordan there and this guy Comer, right? Comer Pyle, who want to sit there and also protect Trump. Listen, you can't protect him. It is way past that because the evidence is so overwhelming. It's just a matter of time before which these cases are now before the court and there is jury that is impaneled. And the prosecutors put on the case, and there will be a verdict of guilt. End of story. So the more that these idiots do, the only thing that they're doing is keeping the oxygen right in Donald's air tank going and helping him to raise more money from these unsuspecting fools. Want to remind everybody to check out MidasTouch.com, our new website here at the Midas Touch Network. That's MidasTouch.com, quickly becoming the number one source of pro democracy news in the world. The Midas Touch Network, the number one channel on YouTube for pro democracy news. We now have a home on MidasTouch.com as well. 
where we post documents like the indictment and have some great stories there as well and great coverage that complements all of our coverage here on YouTube and on the audio podcast for the Midas Touch Network. Let's do a quick recap of everything that took place in the past 72 hours. First, of course, Special Counsel Jack Smith brings this blockbuster indictment four counts against Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. for Donald Trump's criminal conduct relating to the 2020 election on the January 6th insurrection. Here is Special Counsel Jack Smith's press conference. Play the clip. Good evening. Today, an indictment is in the city. Charging Donald J. Trump. Jack Gass. Jack Gass. the United States. Conspiring to disenfranchise voters. And conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceedings. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. Described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it, they put their lives on the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. They defended the very institutions and principles that define the United States. Since the attack on our capital, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case brought consistent with that commitment, and our investigation of other individuals continues. In this case, my office will seek a speedy trial so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens. In the meantime, I must emphasize that the indictment is only an allegation and that the defendant must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. I would like to thank the members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation who are working on this investigation in my office, as well as the many career prosecutors and law enforcement agents from around the country who have worked on previous January 6th investigations. These women and men are public servants in the very highest order, and it is a privilege to work alongside them. That was Special Counsel Jack Smith uh, in connection with the indictment. Then earlier today, Donald Trump was arraigned 
He was arrested and fingerprinted. We heard from people inside the courtroom that Donald Trump looked nervous. He looked sweaty. Again, not really making eye contact with special counsel Jack Smith, who was sitting right there for some time. Donald Trump was sitting all alone at the defense table. Uh, the court set an expedited briefing schedule on a trial date. Donald Trump's going to try to delay it. The court wasn't having it and set an expedited briefing schedule. Some of the Capitol police officers who bravely defended the Capitol building on January 6th were in attendance at the arraignment. The arraignment concluded. There were some conditions placed on Donald Trump. Specifically, he couldn't talk to any of the witnesses about the case unless it's through counsel. And uh, an eventful, historic day here on political beatdown. And again, such an honor to share it with all of you, Brigaders, making again our coverage the number one most watched news channel in the entire world. So thank you very, very much. I mean, it's such a humbling thing. We're so grateful for all of you. Um, check out Michael Cohen's book, Revenge, wherever books are sold, really telling you about what weaponization <laughs> looks like, how Donald Trump weaponized the U.S. Department of Justice against his critics. Um, make sure you get that book uh, wherever books are sold and whatever audio books are sold. Check out the Maya Culpa podcast, also right here on the Midas Touch Network, soon to be exclusively here on the Midas Touch Network. Make sure you subscribe to Maya Culpa podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not subscribed. Make sure you subscribe to it right now. Make sure you subscribe to Political Beatdown on audio. Super simple to do. Just search Political Beatdown, hit subscribe on audio. You'll hear our podcasts there in addition to the videos. Always check back in on the Midas Touch YouTube channel throughout the day. We usually do about 10 new breaking news videos and two live shows basically every day. We're going to do the Midas Touch show I do with my brothers tonight at 8 Eastern. Eastern uh, 5 Pacific will break down more about the arraignment as well as some other big news as well like E. Jean Carroll filing a summary judgment motion uh, against Donald Trump no. in the additional defamation case um, that is pending saying she won the first trial, the jury's made the finding, this case should just be about damages. Also the federal judge in that case, Judge Kaplan, ordered uh, that the deposition of Donald Trump in the E. Jean Carroll case be turned over to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. We'll also cover on the show later tonight how the Donald Trump SPAC, Digital World Acquisition Company, just lost its independent auditor who resigned. And we'll also talk about Rudy Giuliani's uh, audio uh, in the sexual harassment case and sexual assault case that was filed against him. Um, the audio files were released, and it is disgusting. We'll talk about that again on the Midas Touch podcast tonight at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Remember to go to Midas Touch. Right. Yeah, let's go. We're going to go right there right now. 24 minutes left. Okay, streamed 11 minutes ago. Donald Trump arrested and arraigned in Washington, D.C. Or... Um, Trump arrested, new details. Okay, 55,000 views. Wow. Thanks for 220K, man. Even though it's just sensors. My sensors. Donald Trump was arrested, fingerprinted, booked, 
and arraigned in a Washington D.C. federal courthouse today I'm after young. being indicted by a D.C. grand jury in a case brought brought by special counsel. Donald Trump was arrested, fingerprinted, and arraigned in a Washington, D.C. federal courthouse today after being indicted by a D.C. grand jury in a case brought by special counsel Jack Smith for Trump's criminal conduct relating to the 2020 election and the January 6th insurrection. The magistrate asked Trump if he took drugs in the past 24 hours and let it be known that if he commits any further crimes while the case is pending, he would be immediately thrown in prison. In other words, Trump was treated like the common criminal that he is. Trump pled not guilty to all four counts in the indictment, and then he went on his way to his social media platform after not being able to look special counsel Jack Smith in the eyes again to whine like the fascist baby that he is. We will cover it all. Meanwhile, the main road around the Fulton County Courthouse is set to close to general traffic. Starting Monday morning, the Fulton County Sheriff's Office announced Thursday afternoon as the Fulton County District Attorney Bonnie Willis seems poised to indict Donald Trump in the next two weeks. The independent auditor of the Trump SPAC, which was set to merge with the Trump media group, which controls Truth Social, resigned following material defects in the SPAC's financials having been identified also following an $18 million fraud settlement with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Also, following the indictment of three individuals for a massive $22 million insider trading scheme, and also following a shady loan from a mysterious bank in the island of Dominica connected to Russian oligarchs. Also following, well, you get the point, E. Jean Carroll has filed a motion for summary judgment against Donald Trump in New York federal court for the remaining defamation lawsuit, citing her victory in the first trial and its preclusive effect, she argues, on the pending case. E. Jean Carroll says, all that is left to be decided by a jury is how many millions of dollars the jury should award her against Donald Trump. And finally, the deposition transcript of Hunter Biden's former business partner, Devin Archer from Monday's House Oversight 